I'm Michelle Sims, and this is the Beauty in the Mess, a community where people who crave a shift in mindset, personal growth, and connection to like-minded people come together to start rewriting their stories. Through engaging, honest, and insightful conversations, the show will help you embrace the mess to recognize the meanings and the lessons it holds and discover its hidden treasures to help you start making a mindset shift. Let's listen, learn, and reclaim who we were meant to be. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Beauty in the Mess. This episode is about Dr. Nicole Bradford sharing her wisdom that she has picked up along the way. Dr. Bradford discusses how what you say to yourself can either lead you closer to your goals or actually push you further away. You have the power to change the situation you are in. And by taking one step or even one day at a time, what you want in life is available to you. Hi, I'm Michelle Sims, your host. I'm just a regular person who, along with my family, have had our fair share of messes that we too have had to overcome. Along the way, I got curious as to how others get through their messes or even triumph over them. Maybe there's a better way. Maybe there's a faster way. Maybe we can accelerate our journeys by learning from someone else. And that started my pursuit. I think we can all learn from each other through the sharing of our experiences, lessons, and knowledge. So please join me for episode 17 of The Beauty in the Mess, called Taking One Step with Dr. Nicole Bradford. Dr. Bradford is an energetic presenter that has overcome several challenges in her own life, including witnessing domestic violence as a child, workplace labels and limitations, desiring success and being labeled and disliked by peers and family members, both in-laws and outlaws, as she calls them. As a first-generation college student and the youngest of six children, she began her career working with disenfranchised youth and setting up programs to ensure their success. Dr. Bradford has been fortunate to work as a professor, a vice president of student services, a teacher, an assistant principal, and a campus principal. And according to Dr. Bradford, when we're all young, you know, we have that spark and enthusiasm for life. And then as we transition from childhood to adulthood, we begin to conform and focus more on meeting everybody else's expectations rather than focusing on our own. Dr. Bradford has already written one book, One Step is All It Takes, and is in the process of writing her next book called My Soul is Not for Sale. This book focuses on how you can break away from the lies, labels, and limitations that others try to put on you and create the life that you deserve. Dr. Bradford encourages everyone to be committed to living an audaciously authentic life. So without further ado, let's dive right into today's conversation. Hi, Dr. Bradford. Welcome to the Beauty in the Mess. It's wonderful to have you with us today. Hello. Hi. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. I know that you're a presenter and a speaker and you focus a lot on self-improvement and self-management. But before we kind of get into all that, would you mind talking a little bit about your background and what kind of got you to this place in your life? Well, yes. I am originally from Austin, Texas. I'm the youngest of six kids, the only one that went to college. And I've been working in the field of education since 1995. My first part of my career started on the collegiate level, where I've been a professor, dean of students, vice president of student services, and then I transitioned into public school, where I've been a special education teacher, an assistant principal, and a campus principal. 
So the question is, well, what brought you here to this point? Well, I enjoy going out and speaking. I've been doing presentations for many, many years, but I think it became a stronger passion for me. In 2018, I lost my sister number five in a freak accident out of the blue. She was 48 years old and she was preparing for her 50th birthday that she was never able to attend. And in addition to that, in 2019, I brought my parents to live with me and I lost my dad in 2021. And I just recently lost my mom in April. So I cannot go out and encourage others to maintain their flame and their zest for life if I don't have that same energy and enthusiasm. And I just think that for everyone, we start off very young. We have energy for life. We're excited about life. But then we transition into our adulthood and we start to conform. We want to fit in with everyone and we want everyone to ex uh, accept us. But that means putting aside the life that you truly love and you desire. And I want people to stop settling, but create the life that they desire. And that transformation, do you think that some of it from the childhood to adulthood is just that we get busy? I mean, we kind of make ourselves busy as far as we get married, we have kids and we have the kids in sports or mm -hmm. whatever's going on. But is some of that just because we're busy and so we stop focusing on what our hopes and dreams used to be? Well, most definitely for parents and, you know, and anyone, I would say, because you're, you're focused and you're driven on, let me get these goals, my career, I want to own this company. Or when you're a parenting, I have to get them to Little League or for cheerleading. And so you always end up on the back burner. And so for those individuals, it's important to make time for yourself because we're always advocating and energetic about everyone else, but not for ourselves. Right. And so I think also for me as an educator, it's important when working with parents, because I have so many parents, of course, we mean, well, this is the career I want for them, or this is the life that I want for them. Right. But we forget, wait a minute, you've lived your life. You were able to make those choices. You were able to do the things that made you happy. Why not give the same to our children? And I had a young lady at a high school and she would come to me and she'd be like, Dr. Bradford, my parents, they had me in all these AP classes and they had all of these expectations, but the parent didn't understand, why don't we get along? What is her issue? I'm just trying to help her. I know the right answers. Well, this child just wanted to go to Juilliard. She just wanted to be a dancer. And so we were able to compromise and for them to see the value in her living the life that she desires. But that took some time and some work because, you know, parents, I know what's best. You've got to listen. But the young lady's like, I don't want to do that. And so they put undue stress on this young lady and it started to affect their relationship. Wow. So do you speak at schools? Oh, yeah. To parents and students? Yes. That's awesome. I travel and I speak at schools trying to focus on relationships because it's very important that we're intentional with our students, connecting with our teachers and our students. I speak to businesses, individuals that are working with employees, especially post-pandemic. We're scattered all over the place. People are so full of anxiety and stress. And let's just focus on how do we reconnect? And how do we get back to the business of taking care of one another? So, yes, I truly love that. And I'm also at conferences for women as well. So did all of the remote work that came along with COVID, did that change the dynamics of what you speak about or speak to? 
Yes, yes, I can also personalize some of the presentations. I did have an opportunity, the uh, head start of Dallas. They did ask for me to do my presentation remote. Oh, wow. So they had the audience, but everyone was in their homes and they did their training, but they were like, and here's Dr. Bradford. And so I'm in the living room and I'm talking and I'm trying to pump myself up talking to a camera, but yes, yes. That motivation. And you know, some people, they felt like I need to be around people. I enjoy being around people. So just making sure that everyone stayed connected and inspired during those very difficult times. Oh yeah, for sure. So I know you also talk about, you you said you, you speak to businesses and one thing you talk about is the lies and the labels and the limitations, breaking free from those. So how do we do that? Well, the first step is number one, being committed to being a better you and being able to set healthy boundaries and not allowing the expectations of others to control who you are. I was speaking with another young lady and we talked about how on our jobs, in our spaces, if you speak up for what's right, you're always labeled like, oh, here she comes again, or she's the troublemaker, or hey, don't rock the boat. But if it's something that's going on and it deals with you or it bothers you, you have to have the courage to speak up. And if you don't do that, you know, when you get home at night, you have one person that you have to sit with, and that's yourself. So number one, being courageous to speak up. Number two, knowing your handbook, if it's your business handbook, whatever the protocol is, and going through the process. And number three, hold people accountable because we all have to do our part to make sure it's a comfortable workspace. Just because you're in a workspace does not, I mean, we all need our jobs, does not mean you have to accept being in a toxic environment. You have to speak up for what's right. Right. That can be very tough sometimes though, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very tough because we all need our checks and we all want to contribute. But at the same time, you want to feel good about yourself. And so sometimes when you speak up, you will have labels. I, I know I've been in that position, even as an educator. Sometimes some people may say, well, you know, it's OK. Just give them a 70. It's not a big deal. Well, it, it's a huge deal because that's my integrity and that's my name on the line. And I'm not just going to do that right. to fit in. So you have to make those tough decisions that you can live with. Right. Yeah. There's a difference also between speaking to what we were just talking about, the lies, labels, and limitations that your peers might put on you. But what about the lies, labels, and limitations that you could put on yourself? Because some of us do that. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because some of us may carry that from our child. Right. It may be something that has been placed on you or a belief system that you have, and you start to believe those things about yourself. Well, maybe I'm not smart enough to do this or wait, I want to start this company, but maybe everyone that's telling me no one's going to buy that. Who's going to take you serious? So you begin to allow those thoughts to take over your mindset and you start to believe it. But you have to fight for your freedom. You have to fight for what it is that you're committed to. And you have to create the life that you deserve. Because when you're reading these books, we know that there is a narrator and someone that's going to determine this character is going to do X, Y, and Z. Well, you have to take the pen away from the author and say, I'm going to narrate my own life. I'm going to decide what happens in chapter one. Instead of going along for the ride, I'm going to be the person 
in the driver's seat. How do you overcome that nagging negative little voice in your head though? Is it just confronting it kind of, or repetition of making yourself do it anyway? Most definitely. Um, confrontation is important. You've got to confront yourself. If it was you talking to your best friend, wherever it is, what advice would you give to your best friend? Would you want to see them struggling? Would you say, oh, this is cool. You're having a hard time. Or would you say, hey, man, no, no, you shouldn't do that. Because we have all the great advice for someone else, but we don't use it for ourselves. Right. So when you're confronting those emotions and those ideas, Act as if you're talking to your own best friend. You can advocate for everyone else. Advocate for yourself. Hey, Nicole, no, no, we're not going to think that. I'm going to walk through this door. I know it's a five-minute conversation. I can push through it, but I have to make this decision or I have to have this conversation. So the, uh, the courage comes when you take one step. And that relates to a book that I wrote, One Step is All It Takes, because everyone thinks, and even this morning, I was thinking about that. When we were born and we started to walk, I don't know of any one person that just started, hey, I'm ready to walk and started running down the street. It took one step at a time. And the more we walked, the stronger we became and the easier it is. And that's the same thing in life. You have to confront it. I'm going to do this. I'm committed to doing this. Set three goals for yourself, three daily goals. Make sure that you accomplish those daily goals, even if it's small tasks. I'm going to go for a walk and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to relax and I'm going to refocus and get myself together. Or I'm going to be, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to start with one page today. I'm going to start with one paragraph. At least forward motion is going to get you closer to your goals and your dreams. So consistency is a huge part. It's not just making that one decision, but every day reminding yourself, oh, I promised myself I was going to do these three things and I have to do them. Yes, that that's huge. Mm -hmm. So do you think as far as the first step, and I, I know you talk about also living your life on your own terms. So does that lead us into that? Is that how you get there is just one step at a time? Well, yes, when you're living your life on your own terms, that can be very, very difficult because I know for myself, I've always wanted to be a people pleaser. I want everyone to be happy with Nicole. I was going to ask her about that too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I just need you to accept me. I need you to be okay with me. And for me, it started like even growing up. I didn't have the best self-esteem, the confidence, because again, we talked about those labels and lies that were planted. Well, you know, growing up, hey, we don't want anyone to look at you like that. Oh, you don't want to wear that outfit. What are your friends going to think? So I started to have a complex. And then when moving from my younger years and being the only one to graduate from college in my family, there was some discord there. Hey, you think you're better than us because you went to school. And that wasn't the case. Right. And then I transitioned into my married life because, you know, we have in-laws and I need you to be this type of daughter-in-law. And these are the holidays that we're going to celebrate. And so then you go into your career and just all phases of my life. It was, okay, I'll do that. Sure. If that'll make you happy. Okay. I'll do that if that makes you happy. But at the same time, I was suppressing Nicole and I only get one chance to be here. And I don't want to live a life of regret. And so that is why I developed eight strategies that I recommend that people use in their lives. 
And it comes from the word maintain. So we talk about maintain the flame and that's my company, but the M in maintain is your mindset. You have to be in control of your mind and you have the power to decide what happens next and when it happens next. You have the power to decide who has access to you. Do you just hang around with any and everyone or do you make the uh, decision to say, no, you're not positive or what you say to me brings me down. So your mindset and your perspective is very important. Then A is action. You must take action for the goals and the dreams that you have for your life. And again, just three simple steps a day. If it's, I'm going to write in my journal, I'm going to call that company that I'm interested in, or I'm going to submit my resume. And I don't know what they're going to say, but I'm going to take three action steps a day then I, you must be intentional to create the life that you desire. You have to be intentional. And that means doing some of the tough things that you may not be comfortable doing. So intentionality is very important. And in, you must nurture yourself. As parents, and we're always, let me take care of the kids. Let me cook dinner. Let me take care of my husband. Let me make sure everything's together for work and I'm exhausted and I go to bed. Well, what did you do for yourself? When did you take time to do something that you enjoy? So nurture yourself. And T, I would say, is time. Time is precious. And with that time, you must live in the moment. Don't always think about, okay, well, I don't know what's going to happen this weekend. You're not at this weekend yet. Enjoy where you are right now so that you have a life that's full of adventure. And you can remember those moments and those times. A is authentic. Be authentic. I can never say that enough because there's so many people in their mess, in their situation. Well, I don't want people to see me like that. We have our good and our bad days. As I mentioned, I just lost my mom. I had to take a break. I had to tell the world, hey, time out. I got to take care of Nicole. So being authentic is living life to the fullest. You may have not roller skated since you were 12 years old. It is okay to go to the roller rink and go skating. <laughs> Do those things that puts a smile on your face and keeps you excited. And I, integrity. Integrity is lacking so much nowadays. And we must have integrity in everything that we're doing because I'm just going to do it when people are around and I don't care as long as no one's around watching. But integrity makes a difference. And most importantly, the end is non-negotiable. Sit down and decide, are you happy with your life? Is this what I want? Do I deserve better? And make those decisions and move forward, non-negotiables, so you can live a life with no regrets. So do you think any of these have more importance than the others, or you think they're all on par with each other? I think it's like baking a cake, and I cannot cook, let me tell you. But <laughs> it's just like baking a cake. You need all of the ingredients because all of it is going to impact your life in one way or another. But I really think it's important for the authentic part to be who you are. I have children. I have three kids. One's 25, almost 21 and 19. And when my son's little league game, of course, I'm sorry, I'm one of those moms. So I paint my face and I'm screaming and I have the bobbleheads and I'm all over the place. 
And I have this mom that comes up out of the blue and she taps me on the shoulder. And she's like, hey, I hear you yelling for your son. And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, well, if you don't mind, can you yell for my son? Oh, wow. I've never heard somebody do that before. Sure. What's his number? And she was like, well, I just don't want people looking at me. And uh, just imagine the crowd is probably like, what's wrong with this woman, myself? And I was like, sure. What's his number? <laughs> so I started yelling for him. But you're a mom. You brought this baby into the world, but you're afraid to support him because you're afraid of what others may think. And I think sometimes with parenting, we get into that because we have this competitive spirit. Oh, yes, my child went to Harvard or my child went to this school. But is your child happy? And are they doing it just for you so you can have bragging rights? Give them an opportunity to live their life. And most importantly, take advantage of the moments you have and create the life that you desire. And I I think the hardest part of that is overcoming yourself because we put so many limitations on ourselves. Like you said, either it was embedded at childhood or wherever we got it from, but we limit ourselves so much just by the things we say to each other, or like you said, what will other people think? And it's very hard to overcome those, especially if you've been doing it for 30, 40, 50 years. Yes. And, but you know, what's great about it, the advice that we give others, we can definitely take that and apply. When you mentioned that I have this idea in my head, we're walking through target and you know, when you're walking through target and you say, I am going to get some cereal and some milk and I'm going to my car. Well, as we go along, we're picking up things that we don't need. And that's in life. As you're walking through those aisles. Oh yeah. My boss said that I don't know how to do that. Or my husband became angry with me and he said, I can't do that well. Or my mom used to say, and we're putting all these things in our basket and we get to the counter and we're like, what in the world? I only have $20 in our account. But we picked up everything that we did not need. And that's the same thing in life. So we have to lighten that cart. Oh yeah, they might've thought that about me, but I'm going to give you that back because that's not who I am. Or you didn't think my hair was cute when I dyed it red. I'm going to give that back to you because I love the way I look with red hair. Give everyone back those lies and those labels and those limitations so you can feel lighter and more energized and excited to live the life that you deserve. That's great. Yeah, I love that analogy. That's so true. (laughs) (laughs) We do put a lot of things in our basket. Yes, yes. (laughs) So is there anything else that you're focusing on right now or what are you up to these days? Well, right now I am, I'm always at football games. My baby, he's a wide receiver in college and my other baby is a track star and our oldest is a teacher. Oh wow! So we travel sitting in stands and going wild over them. But at the same time, I'm attempting to write my second book and it is about my soul is not for sale. And so of course the advice that I just provided, I do like a paragraph or I write a couple of lines here and there, or when I can't sleep, I'll roll over. But it's important because we allow people, again, those thoughts to be planted in our mind. And then sometimes we sell out just to fit in. And my soul is not for sale. Just give some ideas and some strategies so that we can overcome the challenges that we have and we can design our lives That's awesome. Do you talk about finding or establishing self-love in your book? Because I think 
there's so many people that are missing out on self-love, self-worth, self-confidence. I mean, those are like the top three of everything, I think. Yes, of course. And it's so sad because sometimes it could be external that, of course, we're worried what other people may think or may say. But then also we're limiting ourselves because it's something that we're battling on the inside. And you're limiting yourself. But on the inside, you have to fight through that because you're gorgeous. And if no one else is going to cheer for you, you have to cheer for yourself. We're big on making sure everyone else is okay and we validate them, but we don't take time to validate ourselves. And so that's something that we're going to have to work towards. I know with myself, when I was younger, I always had a complex with my skin tone because all of my friends and everyone else, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. And this person's so amazing. But then I'd look at me and I'm like, why am I so chocolate? And I used to hate it. But I've learned to love that about myself. And sometimes you project things onto others. The other people didn't have problems with me. And I get compliments, but it was Nicole. Yeah, you have a beautiful skin tone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But it was just Nicole holding Nicole back. Right. And so I had to overcome that. And that took time and affirmations, speaking in the mirror in the morning, building up my confidence and learning to love myself. And I think that that made the difference. Again, just baby steps. Do you think some of it is is not just that we don't take the time to do it, but also that we feel selfish doing it? Yes, yes, most definitely. I've been a caretaker and mom and all these other things. And it feels, a lot of times it feels very selfish to do something for yourself or want something for yourself even. Mm -hmm. And I can totally agree with you, especially during the time that I was fortunate to care for my parents. I would feel so guilty. And, you know, my mom had Parkinson's and dementia and my dad had suffered from strokes and he ended up with aphasia and he had a feeding tube. Right. And sometimes if I took a step back just to go in the bedroom, just to like take a nap, I was like, oh, I'm the worst daughter in the world. They need me right now. And how can I not be there for them? And so sometimes you have to give yourself that grace. And, and I know with my mom, she went in and out with the dementia. But when she was here, she'd say, you know, I, I know you're trying. But it comes with a lot of responsibility because, you know, with dementia, they go in and out. They may say things that they don't understand. Oh, yeah. They can say mean, hateful things. Yes. And it's not really them, you know, it's saying it. Exactly. But being on the receiving end, it's still hard for your brain to wrap around. My grandma had that and I watched my mom internalize what my grandma was saying. I was like, mom, she would never say that normally. It's just so hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you're looking at the exact same person. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so hard. Well, I... I commend you on trying to take care of both of them at the same time. You definitely had your hands full. I was just thinking though, I know you said that you were a special education teacher at one point also. Special education? Yes. But I was wondering if you ever talk to the parents of these kids because they do take more time. They do take more energy. You know, you're busy all the time. And I'm just thinking this is a group that definitely needs to hear your message. <laughs> yes. And so. I, as an educator, I would always, of course, talk with my parents. But like you said, I definitely believe that they need the encouragement because they're overlooked. 
And I know sometimes may be taken for granted, but that is a very, very difficult job. And they have to continue to encourage themselves because our babies need us and they're going through challenges on their own. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I'm afraid they might battle feeling selfish to do something for themselves or take care of themselves because they're overwhelmed with everything else. And then they're burning the candle at both ends. Right. And you really can't give everything to them when you're tired and you're exhausted. And that's what I had to learn. Even with my, my parents, you have to take a moment to recharge. Right. Because if you can't, it becomes a lot of responsibility. It is for sure. Yes. (laughs) Well, good luck on your book. It sounds exciting. Thank you. How close are you to being done or have you speculated yet? (laughs) I'm hoping a couple of months out, but I just need to spend more time on it. But it's a work in progress. When I wake up and I have those three goals for the day, at least do something towards the book. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. (laughs) Well, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you would like to? No, no, not at all. But I do have a website. Okay. My website is www dot maintain the flame all one word dot net and there you can get a copy of my current book one step is all it takes or you can book me for a speaking engagement i love traveling and speaking in all arenas oh that's awesome and i'll definitely put your website in the show notes and if there's anywhere else that you want people to be able to connect to you we can put those in the show notes also okay i appreciate it well thank you very much for speaking with me today i've enjoyed it Well, thank you for the opportunity. It means a lot. Same here. And you have a wonderful day. Okay. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. As we wrap up today's episode, I hope Dr. Bradford sharing her journey has helped you in some way. With Dr. Bradford sharing her wisdom, a few things really stood out to me. First, you have to learn to confront yourself and the things that you say to yourself. Is it really true? Is that the same advice that you would give to your best friend? If not, then change what you're saying to yourself and do it right away. Don't wait. Additionally, advocate for yourself. Stand up for yourself. You are worth the effort. And secondly, her analogy of walking through Target and picking up things we don't need or even want, really. It is so similar to what we do in life, isn't it? People say something mean or hurtful and we put it in our basket. And it's amazing to me how very little of the good things seem to go in our baskets You know, we need to watch what we allow to go in the baskets for sure. I love how she also said that if someone says something that can be hurtful or limiting to you, just simply say, you know what, I disagree and I'm giving that back to you. I absolutely love that. Even if you only say it in your mind, it's a powerful tool. So as always, I hope this episode helps at least one person. And with that, I hope you have a blessed week, my friend. Thank you for listening to The Beauty in the Mess. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on your favorite pod player. If you have any questions or comments, any topic ideas you would like to hear about, or you think you would be a great guest on the show, you can reach me directly at thebeautyinthemess.com. Thanks for listening.